welcome to another Liga Mekis preview brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to dive into León's revival, a big upcoming test for Chivas, América looking to continue their winning streak, and much more. And helping me out today is a very special guest. It's Jay, who many of you may know as Mexican Prospects on Twitter. That's at MX Prospects. Jay, thanks so much for joining us, man. Uh, thank you, Cesar, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. I'm honored to join you uh, today for the Mexican Soccer Show. Thank you. Well, no, well thanks to you for, for joining us, man. Because I, because for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about about Mexican prospect. Because it's definitely it's it's a fantastic Twitter follow for any of those who are trying to figure out the the next names of Mexican soccer. So uh, we're a we're a Twitter account that um, got their info on the upcoming prospects, both in Mexico and Uni- United States. You know, uh, uh, there nowadays there's a lot of uh, there's thousands of uh, Mexican-Americans in the young academies of uh, MLS and uh, we are not people in Mexico there there might not be very familiar with them so that's why we kind of try to uh, give them a platform so that uh, so so that they get to know them well Jay I'm a I'm a Mexican-American in my early 30s I have a bad back I sometimes play pickup soccer, but I'm never the best player. Am I gonna am I gonna make it into the account, or do you think it's too late for me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> we'll give you a trial and see if you if you make it. <laughs> I guarantee I won't. Uh, <laughs> but all right, uh, if you haven't heard the pod beforehand, uh, what we usually do to kick off the show is ask three questions for our guest. Um, you know, you're not you're not sure what I'm about to ask you, but I promise they aren't going to be too difficult or stressful. But uh, let me know if you're ready uh, to kick off the pod with three quick questions before we preview uh, some games of the league of Mike this weekend. I'm ready as I'll ever be. All right. So number one, who do you believe is a young Mexican player that is being overlooked right now? You know, someone who isn't being given enough attention by people like me and others in the media. Hmm. I I would say uh, there's a youngster from Atlas, Jeremy Marquez. Yeah. I mean he's not. I mean he's not a. I don't think many people are very familiar with him because he plays for Atlas, and you know Atlas is, even though Atlas is a traditional team, they're not. They're not one of the top teams in M- Liga MX that fight that fight every tournament for the championship. So. So that's probably why many people are not familiar with him, but uh, he's a very decent prospect. Uh, he made his debut uh, last year under, uh, under Rafael Puente Jr. And uh, I believe he scored uh, in his first game against Cruz Azul, he scored at the Azteca Stadium. But you know what? And after that, you know, Atlas, Atlas struggled. And so it was, a, it, was a very, it was very difficult for him to... Uh, to, you know, to have a, to be in a decent form since, you know, Atlas was a disaster last tournament. Yeah, I, I love that. Just especially since with, with Jeremy Marquez, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll ask the, dive into the second, the next question pretty soon, but I was actually a little surprised when you're looking at the 50 man preliminary pre-Olympico roster that they announced and they had the, fifth, the list of like 50 U23, U24 players. 
And I was like, Jeremy Marquez isn't there? I was like, I thought, because I've been, I've been kind of impressed by him every now and then. So I, I like that answer, Jeremy Marquez, a midfielder there for, for Atlas, who's just, uh, he, he's 19, 20. He's a, definitely a young guy to keep an eye on. But moving on to question number two here, it's interesting to look at who follows you on Twitter because there's plenty of legitimate, like real legitimate scouts. And you don't have to mention any names, but have any scouts ever reached out to you about players that they're, they want to look at? Uh, not, not actually, but uh, no, not, not at all. But Interesting. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, but we, we're honored that, uh, that uh, some Mexican uh, national team coaches do follow us. I mean, we wish they would ask us for which Mexican-American players to, uh, to scout for the different youth national teams, but it, that uh, not, not at all. They haven't reached to us at all about that possibility. Now, if anyone's listening, you know to reach out to them at MX Prospects on Twitter. But, uh, all right, question number three. You know, it's something that I find really fascinating about your account is that you don't just talk about Mexican-American players, you can just talk about like young Mexican players too, but just like, and not just in Liga Mekis, but also in the Liga de Expansión too. And I wonder if if that's a league that isn't really being given enough attention, because it seems like from what you've reported on Twitter, there are a number of really exciting young players that many of us haven't been focusing on in the Liga de, de Expansión. Yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think many accounts give them, uh, I don't think, Many accounts do look at Liga de Expansión, and you know, uh, most people, most uh, journalists, they thought it was a it was a terrible idea to uh, to get rid of our promotion and relegation. But but you know, in the when when uh, when teams had the chance to be uh, promoted to uh, Liga MX, there were a lot of uh, extranjeros, mm-hmm. foreigners that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm didn't really make much of a difference mm-hmm. as they should and uh after uh after they took pro on relegation uh, many teams have really uh they uh they have started to give uh young mexicans players a chance like the majority of them they do play with under 23 uh players some uh many teams play with uh with all mexican starting 11 you know and uh the the funny thing is that uh, uh Piojo Alvarado he uh he made his debut in the Liga de Ascenso when it was called Liga de Ascenso he made his debut at uh when he was when he was 15 year, years old and uh he was being scouted by Leicester City and some other uh premiership teams obviously he couldn't uh he couldn't secure a transfer to uh Leicester or Premier League because because of the different uh, rules of uh, of in the United Kingdom and the Premier League, but you know who else made a really developing Liga de Ascenso? Mm-hmm. Gallito Vasquez. That's right. Yeah, and he played in the 2014 World Cup. You know. Yeah. No, and especially since like this league is like, especially now. I mean, I I should do a better job too, but just. You know, it's not difficult every now and then to catch the games on through the N. It's not like you, it's impossible to find these games every now and then that you can't find them. If you have Fubo, you could watch on Fubo. If you, you could definitely watch them on through the N as well. So, yeah, for those listening, definitely keep an eye on that Liga de Expansión because it's just one of those things where it's just 
definitely got to keep an eye on them. And, you know, like Jay has been posting on his uh, Twitter account, like there's a lot of interesting names uh, in the league of expansion, but now looking ahead to this league, I make weekend. Let's talk about the three big games to keep an eye on. And we're going to start with Chivas versus Santos. That'll be this Sunday. Jay, I know they've only had a few days off, but my first question to you is, you know, do you think some of these Chivas players can recreate the same, I guess you could say the Olympic magic in Liga Mekis, or do you think we're going to see some of the same problems that we saw earlier this season? Yeah, I, that's, that's, that's been one of the issues with Chivas. Yeah. Uh, most Chivas fans are like, well, I just, why just, uh, and with the national team, Antuna, he seems like to be uh, one of the best players for the national team. And with Chivas, he doesn't really uh, have has the same impact. Uh, I mean, it, it all comes to uh, Victor Busetich uh, style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very conservative manager. It's it's been a while since he uh, since his team actually uh, his teams uh, really played. You know, this attractive brand of football, and I I think that that's probably one of the reasons why uh, players like Antuna or Vega have failed to make an impact we'll, we'll see what happens with Chivas because I mean Vucetich is definitely in the hot seat you know he lost to America three nothing they're winless in their last three games they're near the bottom of the league table and they're and I know they're now near the final stages of the season it seems like there's still so many questions about Chivas you know Vucetich seems to get his subs wrong he seems to be holding his team's attacking intensity back uh, finishing really needs to be better for, for Chivas uh, as well. And I know, you know Santos, you know, they, they recently lost to Leon and there's an injury for Goriaran. Uh, but you, I don't know how you feel, but I feel a lot more confident about Santos uh, heading into this weekend. Actually, actually I think that uh, for uh, Goriaran's uh, uh, injury, I think it's going to be a massive loss for, uh, for Santos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, in, in last game, uh, he, uh, Alan Cervantes was, was with the uh, Olympic team and uh, Gorriaran was partnered with uh, with Edgar Gámez, another uh, 19-year-old Mexican youngster. And he just, they they couldn't hold, they couldn't hold Leon, uh, Leon's attack, you know. And now that Gorriaran is injured, but Alan Cervantes is back, I think, uh, I think Chivas kind of, and will, they're going to take advantage of that. And uh, I do see Shivas getting the win, the three oh, points. Interesting. I guess, I guess if there were, I guess, I guess if you look at the playing style too, I mean, if we're playing devil's advocate here and if we're looking at Chivas potentially doing well, I think the, I, I guess the only good news for them is that they do sometimes do better against attack minded teams. I'm not, I'm not going to say that they always play well against attack minded teams because it's not what happened against America. <laughs> but I think one of the few bright moments this season was, was in that three to one win over Leon when they seemed to thrive with counterattacking soccer. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there, maybe there is a chance here that, you know, they can, they can get something on, on Santos here. And I guess if we're going to be critical about, about Santos is that my, my, my big word for them too is, Goal scoring. I know Santiago Munoz is. I'm, I'm sure you're a fan of him. I, I I think he's an incredible talent. But Santos don't put up the biggest goal scoring numbers without Goriaran. He is a, a goal scorer as well. So that's someone who's missing. So it's a lot of 
reliance potentially on Munoz. Um, and we'll see with the Olympic players too. We'll see who starts, who's given a break, because we can't assume that all the Olympic players are immediately going to start this weekend. Some might be given a break. Some might be, I mean, maybe not brought on until the second half. Maybe others will get a start, but everything's still kind of up in the air there. But I, I guess I can see where you would think that Chivas would have an advantage here. But with Santos, I, I don't know. I, I think they, they do very well defensively. Acevedo has been great in net as well. And I think the team looks, I don't know, the, the, the word I always use with Santos and some other teams too, but especially Santos is organized. They look very, very organized. And I know Gordi going to be a big miss, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, may, maybe Chivas at their best gets a draw, but we'll see. We'll see. You think uh, Alan Cervantes and Gamis can hold them off? I think so. I mean, I think and my assumption too is that like maybe some of the Chivas players will be a little bit tired after taking part in the uh, Olympic qualifiers. I know they're not going to have to travel across the world. They're just going to, they're just hit there in Guadalajara. So they don't have to really go anywhere. So I know travel isn't really that, that serious, but I guess it's more so because I have questions for, for both Chivas and Santos, obviously with Santos because of uh, Goriaran being missing. But I just have more questions about Chivas because of Usitich, because of Usitich's tactics, because of Usitich's substitutions seeming to be wrong. But, but, but either way, I think this this should be a, a fun one uh, this weekend. But it seems like you're gonna you're aiming for a Chivas win here. I think so. Right. I aim. All right, all right. So let's keep an eye on that one. So now let's move on to Leon versus Toluca. That'll be this Sunday. Jay, I don't know how you feel, but I'm very very fascinated by this battle because i could see this going either way leon seemed to be doing better but the luca kind of seemed like the ultimate wild card in in, in liga mickey's yeah yeah toluca started off the season uh, very strongly but uh they have gradually become worse whereas with leon he had but it has been the opposite obviously they they didn't have the they didn't have the same recovery time at the beginning of the of the tournament, but they're slow. They're slowly, slowly starting to uh to gain their best form with a uh, Chapito Montes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, Fernando Navarro. Mm-hmm. So I think, I I think Leon, I think Leon can win against Toluca. Yeah, and they're I mean, like you mentioned, they're they're coming back. I mean, we know. They're capable of being dominant once again in Liga Mekis, and it was only a, a matter of time. They're undefeated in their last three games. They held Monterrey to a draw. They defeated Nicaxa. And most importantly, the previous game, they defeated Santos 2-1. to one. And I think, you know, Angel Mena, he's been scoring more in recent weeks. He got the call up to Ecuador um, for trying to think of somewhat Meneses. He's providing more assists. And he recently scored for Chile, actually, over the international break. So they, they seem to be in a, they definitely seem to be in a good moment, but I think the issue with the Lucas, I just, I still don't, I agree with you, but I just really don't know what to make of that. (laughs) Like it's difficult to not look at the fact that right now at time of recording, uh, no Liga Mekis team has scored more goals this season than the Luca. And you look at the last result, it was a bizarre four to four draw uh with Puebla where you you saw a goal I, I don't even remember how many was it like three goals in the last like five minutes or something like that it was something absolutely bizarre I'm not saying they're gonna I'm not saying that they're gonna beat Leon I think 
I think the odds are that yes, Leon are improving. They're, I mean, they're rowing back, but I don't know. I, I think that they're, 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 they're still a wild card in, in Liga Mekis and you can't count out Alexis Canelo, who's been excellent with his nine goals. And of course you can't count out Sambuesa, who I think is the perfect wild card player as well. Yeah. Those, yeah. Sambuesa is, I mean, he, he seems to get better every, every year. You know? <laughs> yeah. What are your, let me ask you really quick. What are your thoughts on from Toluca? If we're looking at some of the young players, what are your thoughts on Kevin Castaneda? He's someone who ultimately, you know, he didn't end up going to, you know, the Olympic qualifiers, but he's still kind of seen as like an up and coming name. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to kind of see him as like, whether it be as like a second striker or a striker, it seems like he can play, you know, some a couple different spots in the attack. But what are, what are your thoughts on the the twenty one year old attacker for for Toluca? He did start it off uh, the season uh, in great form, scoring some uh, some long long range shots. But after that, I I I think he just fell into the into the negative streak of the mm-hmm. of the team, you know. And uh, yeah, he underperforming the in Toluca's uh, uh, latest game. So, and that's, that's probably why he didn't make the final cut for the, for the pre-Olympic uh, tournament. But he is, an, he is an interesting prospect. And, you know, uh, playing alongside uh, Sambuesa, that's like, uh, he's going to learn a lot from him, I think. Agreed. Hundred percent in Greece. Now let's, let's look at America versus Nagaxa on Saturday. So probably, unless if I missed something here, probably no Henry Martin for America. But at the same time, Nagaxa will probably be missing an even more imper- important player for themselves. It doesn't look like. I mean, unless he miraculously recovers, it doesn't look like Malagon will be available for for Nagaxa. But but Jay, what are your what are your thoughts on this? What do you you think Nagaxa have a chance here? I mean, they did win against uh, FC Juarez after after they missed a, a PK, so that obviously was a confident boost. But I I don't I don't see them winning against uh, Solaris America. You know, like um, America, they might not be spectacular, but but they're a very effective team under Solari. And you know, uh, many journalists were criti- criticizing him before he even uh, yeah manage his first game with America but and despite the fact that he uh, managed at the highest level I mean Real Madrid you couldn't possibly go any higher than that yeah no and, and it seems like it's I mean I've mentioned this before on our on this podcast but things are really clicking for them you know uh, under under Solari and even if Henry Martin isn't available you know you can look at that system you could look at some of the other players who can still potentially create an attack and provide some support in the midfield um i'm also a big fan of the midfield duo of richard sanchez and pedro aquino i mean i think that uh, they've been incredible together and then and of course i mean once again we don't know if he's gonna be a guaranteed starter if he's gonna be a sub if maybe he might not even play at all but i'm guessing he'll probably be available but we we got to keep an eye on Cordova and he deserves attention because as the top goal scorer in the Olympic qualifying for the CONCACAF region, and as, uh, in my opinion, one, one of the top players within that turn, arguably the top player, I mean, he's going to have a lot of confidence before taking on Nikaxa. Indeed. And, you know, uh, before uh, 
before Linus actually uh, emerged as a as one of the top talents, uh, Mexican talents with America. You know, uh, Pio Herrera. He always he always had faith in uh, Sebastian Cordoba, and he claimed mm-hmm. that uh, he was much of a bigger talent than uh, Linus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said something uh, along those lines. I think uh, Cordoba's problem is his temper. Yeah. Yeah, he gets yeah, people, other players get into his skin really quickly, and so he's uh he's prone to uh making uh reckless tackles like, I he got a red card this tournament at the beginning of the tournament. So once he uh once he gets past those issues, he's gonna be a he's definitely gonna be a top player for the Mexico senior team, Most from America. Most definitely. Most definitely. And, and as for Nicaxa, I mean, they're, I mean, they're struggling without, and without Malago, I, I, I am really worried about them. I mean, there are players within the team that I like. I mean, I like Alex Zendejas, you know, David Cabrera is a decent midfielder, but overall, I mean, not, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I, I can't imagine that they're going to, they're, they're going to bounce back this season, even though I'm sure you've been keeping on them because every now and then they do give opportunities to young players like Idiquel Dominguez has, you know, gotten minutes as well. You know, I look at, you know, some of the youngsters who have gotten opportunities too, like Alejandro Andrade. Like, there, it's, it's easy to kind of see some of the younger players within the roster, but I don't know. It's just, I just think they're going to continue to struggle. And it might be, I don't know, they, they might not be able to, to, to qualify for the playoffs. Or it, it looks unlikely at the rate that they're going. Yeah, I don't think they're going to turn it around this tournament, even with, uh, with Memo Vasquez's arrival. I think it's it's probably gonna take him a while so that he can uh, so that he can get this team back on track. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, Jay, you know, what are you know before we wrap things up, before we close things out, what are there some other League of Mikey's games that you're keeping an eye on this weekend? And really quick, actually, before you answer, because so fans who are who are listening, so we got. Puebla versus Mazatlan on Friday. We also have Juarez versus Cruz Azul on Friday. On Saturday, there's also Atlas versus Cholos. There's also Monterrey versus San Luis. And on Sunday, we also have uh, Pumas versus Pachuca and Querétaro versus Tigres. What, 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 are you gonna be, what else are you going to be keeping an eye on? Probably Puebla. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, with this new manager, uh, Larcamón, he's really uh, turned them into one of the dark horses mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i mean you mentioned the game against uh, toluca that was a crazy game yeah, and they had, with 10 men they managed to uh to come back and earn uh, a draw so i'm i'm really looking forward to see uh larcamon's puebla they have some uh, some inter- interesting youngsters as well uh salvador reyes mm-hmm. he was part of the process for the olympic team Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, he didn't make the final cut either. But he's he's been a regular starter for uh, for uh, Puebla. Very solid. Uh, very solid uh, left back. He can he can also play different positions. Um, I'm also looking uh, forward for uh, Pachucas. You know, uh, Paulo Pesolano. He, yeah. Uh, yeah. Despite his team, you know, uh, uh, Pachuca generating a lot of uh, chances he just he just they they just weren't very lucky to uh to score goals and uh, get the results they wanted but uh, he has managed to turn things around uh you know Roberto de la Rosa 
Uh, he's been he's been uh, criticized by most fans. What I mean, he's he's 21 years old, you know. And he scored that golazo against Tigres too. Well, that was an incredible golazo recently. Yeah, I mean, you can see his uh, technical uh, awareness to all. Uh, to you know, yeah, to beat uh, Nawel. Uh, I'm I'm happy for him, you know, because uh, he's one, he's been one of the top prospects for uh, for Pachuca and for the Mexican national team. He played with uh, he's part of the generation with of Diego Lainez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm happy that he's turning things around. Obviously, he still has a, a lot of uh, still has a lot to go, but uh, he's in the right track, I believe. And you know what? Uh, Pesolano, he has uh, he has really trusted in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we had uh, if if the other if we had managers like Pesolano who trusted uh, Mexican youngsters like uh, De La Rosa, even though he missed a penalty that would have given them the win against Chivas, mm-hmm. you know that would be a very different team for uh, for Mexican football. Agreed. I think that the issue sometimes too is like maybe. I know we got a little too excited too early about De La Rosa because remember I wasn't the only one, uh, but I think back when I don't know if it was when the U17s or the U20s for Pachuca, uh, he was scoring like an incredible amount of goals, like a really, really incredible amount of goals uh, in in one of the youth leagues. It might have even been the U15s. I forget. So I think a lot of us were just like, whoa, keep an eye on this kid. Like he's going to be, he's going to be the next great striker. So because he didn't become the next great striker at a very young age, I think a lot of us were kind of became impatient and we we're just like, all right, maybe he isn't as good as we thought he would be, but he's still very young. Like you mentioned, he's still extremely young. So he's still trying to find his form. He's still trying to develop his talents, but obviously there is something very, very special about De La Rosa, you know, and very, very good player for, for Pachuca and, I think a lot of us were just, we wanted him to become a superstar a lot earlier. And he just, he, I think he just needs a little more time. He just, he just needs a little more time before he de- becomes a, a special talent. Indeed. And uh, I guess that's one of the pro- problems with the average Mexican fan. You see uh, a, uh, a youngster coming up and uh, scoring goals or uh, even assists <laughs> in his first 10 or five matches. And after that, they're, they, and after that, if they don't perform, they will lay them, label them as a flop. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, so, what other games will you be keeping an eye on this weekend? Uh, are you getting, are you going to be keeping an eye on a uh, Atlas versus Shola? Because I think that could be a good low key game. I think those that's like both are in the dark horse category. Like they could potentially do something in the playoffs, but they also still have a lot to prove. And uh, in, in, in the in the regular season, so I'll, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on that one. Indeed, uh, at Atlas with under uh, Diego Coca, they they have finally managed to turn to turn things around. I mean, they lost against Cruz Azul, but I mean, Cruz Azul is along America one of the top team this tournament. So yeah, I think it's gonna be an an interesting game, like you said. Also, uh, there's this other. Uh, John Prospect, uh, Jairo Torres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I mean, uh, he was a very similar case, like uh, like you mentioned, Roberto de la Rosa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he made his debut very young, at age sixteen, with uh, Profe Cruz, and uh, he was also he was also one of the best players of the, with the 
young me Mexican national teams alongside uh, Diego Lainez. I mean, many he was he was actually uh, tutored as the as even more of a bigger prospect than Diego Lainez at mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like like I said, uh, Atlas, they're they're uh, they have been a disaster. So I I don't think it's the right environment for young players to uh to flourish, you know, because they they put these high expectations on them, and uh, and I don't think that's good that's good for a, for a young player. But uh, unfortunately now uh. uh Ian Torres has managed to score some goals, give assists, give some assists under uh, Diego Coca. He's, he's slowly starting to uh, gain form and uh, become that prospect that we uh, thought he was going to be. Most definitely agreed. Agreed. So um, as for a couple of other games, uh, Juarez was Cruz Azul. Um, you know, Liga Mike is predictably unpredictable, but I don't think there's... Anyway, Cruz Azul uh, lose that one against Juarez. We have Monterrey versus San Luis. Uh, I think for me, you know, Monterrey is still inconsistent, but this should be a, a good chance for a win against a struggling San Luis. And Querétaro Tigres, I mean, I think this is, I mean, I'm calling, I think this is where Duca, Gignac, and Tigres really start taking themselves seriously. I'm not saying they get a big three or four nothing win, but I think this is where their late season sprint starts with some impressive results. Um, uh, and especially said going forward, they've got some big, big games uh, going forward, but, but Jay, any other, any other final thoughts about this league of Mikey's weekend, about your account, about anything else before we, uh, before we close things out. Uh, I just want to, I just want to thank you for giving me uh, the chance to be part of the Mexican soccer show. Of course. Yeah. Um, I feel very, I feel very honored to be a part of this episode and uh, I'm really looking forward for the, for these weeks, uh, Liga MX matches. Yeah, man. Most definitely. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, I think that's it for us. Many thanks to Jay. Thanks to listeners and for producer Amy for, for, for posting these pods. Don't forget to give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Mech Soccer Show and on Instagram at The Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you all in the next episode. See you all around.